Good morning, everyone, and thank you for coming out to CSIS on what is a pretty dreary Washington day. I want to keep us on schedule, so I'll, um, I'll turn it over to the minister in a moment. Uh, but we're so happy that Minister Kaikonen could make the time uh, to see us, even though the government is in caretaker status. He's still willing to share with us uh, his vision for Finnish defense, which I believe uh, one of its strength, it strengths is the continuity, but also the adaptation. But you'll tell us more about that, and then we'll, you'll join me over here for some questions and answers. Thank you. <clears throat> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Distinguished Chair, ladies and gentlemen, I just flew in <clears throat> from the West Coast where I had the privilege of attending the Reagan National Defense Forum. I must say the discussions in panels and during breaks, they were really useful. Great, great event, I have, have, have to say. I'm also really pleased to have this opportunity to say a few remarks concerning, concerning the security situation in Northern Europe and the future of Finnish defense here. My staff has organized me a quite busy schedule during my stay here in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm grateful that we were able to fix this event here at CSIS, and it is an honor to be part of the Global Leaders Forum. Thank you. Um, before I start, I need to say some words about the current political situation in, in Finland. Maybe some of you have heard, but uh, there's a situation going on right, right now in, in Finland. So the uh, government resigned last, last week, uh, and, uh, and actually there's now the process of nominating the new government in, in Finland. And so right now uh, it is... Uh, caretaking government and I'm the Minister of Defense of this caretaking government at the moment. So that means in practice uh, I, I cannot say very strong political opinions here or make new openings. So if you were waiting for a very spectacular show here you might be disappointed but uh, anyway some words of the Finnish defense in a very Finnish way. Um, it seems, actually, when I woke up this morning, I, I heard that my party, Centre Party, has had a, a meeting this morning, and they made their suggestion for the forthcoming ministers to the next government, and I was pleased to see my name on the list also. So, so, <laughs> so most probably I will be the Minister of Defence after tomorrow when the Parliament has, has discussion about, about this, this issue. But we'll wait until tomorrow. But right now, it looks 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 like like this. We have quite a special government actually globally because we have five parties right now, and all the leaders of those five parties are female. So, um, so that's 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 uh, that's quite quite unique in the in the world. And Sanna Marin, who will be the next prime minister, uh, is 34 years old, and she's going to be the youngest prime minister in the, in the world also. So that's another interesting de de detail. Uh, more than 60% of the members of the new cabinet, it seems like more than 60% or about 60% will be female also. So I'm representing minority. <laughs> this happens when you... Uh, travel for a few days to U.S. 
speech better that I read my speech, speech now, <laughs> going into, into further. Yes, now, now, now to the topic at, at hand. There has been a lot of discussion about the changes in the security landscape of Europe recently. And of course, it is not only Europe that has witnessed these changes. You know these changes very well here in the United States as, as well. But I will focus on Europe in my remarks, as it is the epicenter of our security and defense policy analysis in Finland. <clears throat> the European security architecture is witnessing some new challenges, or to be more precise, the challenges in Europe that we face today are ones that we have not encountered in a few decades. During the post-Cold War era, much of the Western, also European security and defense focus has been centered on the so-called new security threats. Also, defense has been redefined during the post-Cold War era. Starting in the 1990s and followed by some 15 years of this millennium, European defense, European defense focus has centered more and more on multinational expeditionary military operations somewhere out there. In many parts of Europe, defense of territory or deterrence has been, so to say, out of vogue. Not for us. From the Finnish perspective, the main reason to maintain national defense capabilities throughout the post-Cold War era has been deterrence, the prevention of military threats from emerging towards our territory, population, and the sovereignty of the state. So, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a change in the security situation in Europe, and more broadly, uh, and, and more broadly uh, during the last five years. The transformative moments of the present time have been Russia's annexation of the Crimean Peninsula and the ongoing war in Ukraine. Ever since 2014, we have witnessed raised tensions between Russia and the West. This is the most significant fact influencing the European security environment. But at the same time, this kind of more competitive security situation is, is just the kind of condition in world affairs that our defense has been maintained and developed for. With all the globalization and expeditionary operations during the last decades, our military has been trained and equipped to prevent military attacks from arising against us. And if that fails to be able to use high quality and high-quantity forces to repel the attack. The Finnish security and defense policy is too marked by a considerable amount of continuity. This should not be a surprise for, to, to anyone. After all, defense planning and military capability development necessitate a long-term perspective. In the realm of defense, Nothing sig significant happens in a year or two. There are no quick fixes. You can do actually only one thing quickly, and that is getting rid of existing military capabilities. 
I want to highlight this continuity does not equal stagnation. Openness and the ability to innovate remain the central tenets of the Finnish defense policy. In the near future, we will continue on the path that I just outlined. During the next decade, we will brochure a new Navy squadron and replace the current fleet of more than 60 F-18 Hornet fighters with new ones. These two projects will be funded with additional defense outlays. This will increase our defense budget by 30% throughout, uh, throughout the 2020s, starting 2021. This will take us above the 2% GDP marker that everybody is talking about these days. Um, and I have to say, the investment to new fighter fighters is the biggest single item on my agenda in the in the in the next 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 forthcoming years. Uh, we have uh, right now five different options to replace the old F-18 fighters. Uh, there are two American F-35 uh, Super and Super Hornets, and three European options. So uh, it's a Rafale. Eurofighter, Eurofighter and uh, Gripen from, from, from Sweden. And uh, we have a very careful process when we are trying to find and finding the best of these for our needs. Uh, actually, these five uh, different fighters, we are taking those to Finland in the beginning of next year, in January and February, for more than one week each to in practice test, test these fighters in the Finnish conditions, Finnish winter conditions, uh, and see that they keep what they promise. See that they keep what they, what they promise. And this process will go on all the, all the next, next year uh, with different type of testing and, and processing, uh, evaluating these fighters. And the final decisions, final decision uh, which will be the one is, is going to be uh, that it will be made uh, the year 2021. It will be a big, big investment, approx uh, 10, 10 billion, 10 billion euros. It's the maximum we are going to put, put, and the final price will be will be uh, decided at the end of next year. But this is a big issue, of course, for our small country with a population of 5.5 million. Actually, it's, the, it's the, actually the biggest investment of our history. Ladies and gentlemen, a month ago, <coughs> a month ago, Secretary Esper noted that artificial intelligence won't change the nature of war, but it, it will change the character of war. I think this is well put, and it helps us understand what we are dealing with. When we look at the defense agenda of the 2020s and 2030s, we must think more about digitalization and new technologies like 5G, artificial intelligence, autonomous systems, space, space and cyber. Concerning digitalization and new technologies, we in Europe are behind the United States today. I think we could learn from the US. I also think we must cooperate more. 
I would like to give an example. The Pentagon is working closer with the Silicon Valley, and there is a new defense innovation unit which aims to accelerate the use of commercial technology for national security. As part of the ongoing Finnish EU presidency, I hosted European defense ministers in Helsinki two months ago. We invited startup leaders from the private sector to challenge us on artificial intelligence. Digitalization has been one priority of the Finnish EU presidency. We have also worked hard to boost transatlantic cooperation and look for a compromise to ensure that third state participation within to ensure third, third state participation within PESCO. But new technologies will not replace the traditional military threats. Yet we must be ready for advances in military technology. So to conclude on the Finnish perspective to defense, we focus on real large-scale large military capabilities for deterrence, and if deterrence fails, for fighting, war fighting. From our perspective, the requirements of the security environment and the character of future warfare necessitate the development of high-quality and high-quantity military capabilities. However, this in itself will not suffice. We need also to develop the will of the population to defend the nation. Without this, we cannot succeed. Even the best of military systems or defense doctrines will not get us very far without the support of the people. Similarly, we need to strengthen our national defense capabilities with international defense cooperation. In today's world, new technologies, the rising cost of military systems and advanced training opportunities push like-minded states to cooperate. We in Finland are benefiting from this. Active defense cooperation is one key aspect of our defense policy. From our perspective, transatlantic cooperation is an important aspect of European security. In addition, bilateral defense cooperation between Finland and the United States is important. It has been broadened during the last years. Sweden is also an important cooperation partner for us. We have, we have widened and deepened our defense cooperation very quickly over the past few years. Together, we are also cooperating with the United States in the form of trilateral defense cooperation. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to meet Secretary of Defense Esper together with my Swedish counterpart, Peter Hultqvist. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, for us in Finland, having good military capabilities, the support of the population, and active defense cooperation in tandem form, in tandem form a solid foundation for, meet, for meeting the future defense requirements. To conclude, I would like to emphasize that when we are dealing with defense issues, we need to integrate both continuity and change into our perspective. The main task of the Finnish defense forces in the 2020s and 2030s will be the military defense of Finland. Still, we too must adapt to the change in security environment and changes in the character of war. 
during the last 100 years, there has always been a transatlantic response to any significant security threat. We, Europeans and the United States, must continue to cooperate. The emerging great power competitions and changing character of war demand it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Minister, for that introduction and, and for reinforcing for me what, what I think is true is that the best deterrent is a strong defense. And clearly that's a model that Finland has followed not just since 2014, but for many decades before. Um, and in many ways, you're, you're a model for uh, NATO as a partner and, and the European Union. Um, I wanted to go a little bit more deeply into some of the aspects that you mentioned. Certainly you talked about capabilities. You also talked about resilience and the importance of bringing society along. You talked about the importance of adaptation and the importance of international cooperation. Um, so maybe to start with capabilities. Uh, in particular, when I think of Finland, one of the areas that the United States certainly relies on, on Finland to look after is, is the high north and your corner of the high north. We've seen increasing Russian military activity there. We've seen increasing Chinese economic interest there. Um, how has Finland responded and how concerned are you about the challenges that we're seeing uh, in what has been characterized <coughs> as a low tension environment? Well, yes, um, there's been more and more activity in the Arctic region and uh, we are following very carefully what happens, happens there. For example, there has just been a very quite big uh, Russian military exercise in the Arctic, mm -hmm. Arctic region. Of course, we are following uh, everything what happens happens in, in, in the region. Um, and uh, well, uh, I'd say uh, Finnish uh, defense forces and Finnish defense, I'd say we don't have some special Arctic capability because we are in a whole Arctic nation and everything which is actually actually Arctic capability. So, uh, mm -hmm. so uh, uh, it is easy to cooperate to to uh, work in these conditions for, for us. We have very good knowledge of this this region and special uh, details how to how to work in, in, in the region. That's certainly different than I think the U.S. military learned a, a harsh lesson in, in some of their training up in Norway or in Trident Juncture about what it means to operate mm -hmm. in a cold weather environment. So we have quite a bit to learn from you there. Um, moving on maybe then to resilience, because I'm, I'm always impressed about your whole of society approach to defense and how um, I think when I was in Finland a few months ago, I saw a promotional video uh, where um, professional hockey players, professional soccer players, and uh, professional punk rock musicians had all done their military service. How do you think this helps build resilience in society? Um, and, and what are the most important elements of doing that? We have a lot to learn from you in this regard. Thank you, and thank you for, for visiting Finland, Finland as, as well. Yes, we have a long uh, tradition of this kind of comprehensive security model, which means that the whole society uh, are, are involved and uh, very good cooperation between different authorities and, and ministries as, mm -hmm. as, as well. But uh, let's say, for example, good education is very important, and uh, it's uh, one, one, one ground for, 
for, for this uh, Finnish education system has awarded one of the best in the in the, in the, in the world and uh, and uh, let's say uh, we put lately quite much focus for uh, uh, people's uh, capabilities to read media, not to believe everything mm. they see, for example, in the social social media. That's one point. We also have a very good and responsible media in Finland it, it, itself. Freedom of press is uh, one important issue, issue here. And I'd say Finnish journalists are working with, with high ethics mm -hmm. also. Um, uh, yes, there's uh, many, 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 many things which make this this whole 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 package work quite well. Those are all excellent elements to point out. Yeah. Um, you didn't speak about. Um, you spoke about international cooperation and the partnership with Sweden, but also the United States. But as a member of the EU and partner of NATO, uh, there's also the the aspect of EU NATO cooperation in the presidency. Finland has stressed the importance of that relationship. Mm. Um, can you say a few words possibly about where you think NATO-EU cooperation is going well and where maybe um, we have future work to do or maybe some new areas where we might work together? Uh, no new areas as uh, minister. No new areas. We stick with <laughs> the 57 <laughs> that we've already agreed. Yes, yes, yes. As the caretaking oh, minister, no the, new areas. I maybe <laughs> next time I'll be there. Got it. <laughs> Um, but uh, yes, very, it's very. This cooperation is very important. I'd say it's vital to have good cooperation. Of course, I've noticed uh, quite colorful discussion around NATO lately, lately. And uh, but uh, fact anyway is that uh, we have more cooperation than ever before, and that is a good thing. To example, I could mention military mobility. Mm -hmm. uh, we have reached good, good, good solutions and good results in, in, in that that region. But uh, we have to maintain this cooperation all the all the all the time. It it has a great use to to every every participant. And we're very um, from a US perspective, I, I should thank Finland for doing your best to argue for third party inclusion um, in EDF and PESCO. Um, and I'm hopeful that that as as both those efforts get off the ground, pragmatism will prevail and we'll be able to move forward and cooperate where it matters. So we'll keep our eye on this, but thanks to Finland for, for being a voice of reason there. Thank you, um, thank you. And thank you for US for good cooperation also. And uh, my staff did their best. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's not enough, but uh, very good try anyway. That's true. How about, you mentioned um, sort of some, I don't want to say new areas, but you mentioned some things that, that we consider new areas in defense. So the emergence of, of you know, the challenges of artificial intelligence and other, other emerging technologies. How do you think those will impact the ability of Finland's military to operate in the future? Do you see it more as um, a benefit that could make it easier to operate or is it more of a, of a challenge? Probably, probably it's more, more, more of a challenge for all of us. And this discussing is just about the beginning. I'd say, I'd say this is all quite, quite new. Finland is a high technology country, so we have quite good knowledge of these issues, and we will put a lot of resources on, on these issues in the, in the new, new, new future as well. We need also international cooperation, for example, 
I think we need a common approach to 5G in the, in the European uh, Union and uh, also transatlantic dis discussion is also, also important. This is a very wide range of, of new, new big, big issues here and, uh, and we have to focus very much on these, these in the near future. So at the, many people are probably following at the leaders meeting, NATO agreed to some language on, on I would say, left and right limits on, in particular, uh, telecommunications and infrastructure when yeah. it comes to sort of Chinese influence and the impact on, on NATO operations. Um, do you think that the US and, and Europe are moving closer together in these areas um, on, for example, acknowledging the threat to 5G? Um, well, I'm not sure about that, but that should, I'd say that would be a good goal anyway. Data privacy, so um, mm. you, have a, you, have, you have a few weeks left in your EU presidency to, to wrap those up. Mm. Um, I want to leave a little bit of time for audience questions, but I have one more um, that mm. you didn't speak about, but I know is, is a priority uh, in, in increasingly globally, which is climate. Um, and I can imagine that Finland is feeling firsthand a lot of the challenges of climate. Uh, from a Ministry of Defense perspective, do you see this as a security threat and is there a role for the Ministries of Defense or the military to play in, in managing this? Mm. Climate change is one of the biggest issues of our time or perhaps the biggest issue, issue of, of, of our time and, and it might, might also uh, affect, for example, the cause of causes of conflicts in the, in the future and the, and the circumstances we are working in the, in the future. Uh, I mentioned in my speech that uh, I hosted the EU Defence Minister meeting in Helsinki in, in August and mm -hmm. actually first time ever we put uh, climate change on the Defence Minister's agenda and uh, we had a good discussion and it was the start for something in the European Union le level to, to tackle this issue also in the military field. Probably we are not the ones who will solve this problem, but we have to do our part here, here also. And for example, military is a great user of energy, and uh, mm. and uh, uh, we have to have to do something also to to to, to, to these, these issues. But as I mentioned, it might cause might might, might change change or affect the causes of conflicts in the in the near future. So that's one one point point also. I think I think we should globally fight fight against climate change more than more than we, we do, do do nowadays but it's mainly the another minister's duty but uh, I think we should do something also in, in, in our, our, our posts that's good I, I think the Department of Defense at least here is taking it very seriously and oh. in many ways driving and forcing solutions um, even if if we don't have agreement um, on the way forward in, in other areas. Mm. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, I want to give an opportunity for audience questions. Uh, there are mics in the back. If you just raise your hand, Krista and Diana will come around. Um, and please introduce yourself and say where you're from. <coughs> and remember, no new areas uh, until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> in the front. Good morning, sir. Uh, thank you for uh, those uh, uh, very informative words. Uh, my name is Scott Davis from Lockheed Martin in Finland. And uh, I wanted to ask about Finnish-Swedish uh, military cooperation. Uh, as you noted, it's gotten uh, both wider and uh, deeper uh, markedly in the last few years. 
so my question is, uh, where do you see the uh, possible end state of that? Uh, uh, could it go so far as uh, an alliance uh, including uh, uh, mutual defense? What can I say? What's, what's the, what is the existing practice? To what extent do you now have maybe mutual access agreements or, or things of that sort? Yes, we have mutual agreements and uh, we've take, taken um, steps forward in, in, the, in the past years. We have, for example, a lot of common exercises and, 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 and uh, a lot, lot else. Uh, I see that there are more possibilities to come it's better that I won't spe speculate with would be the end state, but uh, anyway, there's uh, uh, strong support for this cooperation, both in Finland and Sweden, both among politicians and I'd say both among ordinary people. Finland and Sweden are mm, in many ways very similar countries, uh, not identical, but, but a lot of similarities uh, in hi our history, in our culture, in our way of life. Uh, both are a member of European Union, uh, but neither is a member of NATO. Uh, there's a lot in common, and we have a common interest when it comes what, what comes to defense issues, issues as as well. Uh, I've been a minister of defense for only about half a year now, but I think I've met Swedish defense minister Mr. Hultvist about ten times or already. So. That tells something about how deep is the cooperation also in the political, political level. Uh, we've been preparing the next steps of our cooperation, and uh, it seems to like, like that uh, we have something to tell about this with Mr. Hultqvist, Hultqvist before the end of this year. I can offer that from a Department of Defense perspective, we used to have bilateral conversations and, and memorandum of agreement on the future of our cooperation with independent Sweden, Sweden, US, Finland, US, and then saw the utility in making that a trilateral, which mm -hmm. is exactly what you're doing during your time here in Washington. So from a US perspective, it's something that, that we would encourage. So I saw some other hands in the front. having difficulty seeing because of the lights. John, I'll take yeah. you next. Yeah, sorry. Hi, John Heffern. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Minister. Retired Foreign Service Officer now at, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, front cut okay. you. I'm sorry. I can okay. see now that I go like this. I see one, two, three. All so right, sorry. Like uh, retired Foreign Service Officer now at Georgetown. Uh, my first, uh, I've got a quick request and a quick question. Maybe the question is not so quick. Uh, the request. Uh, please tell the new, for, new, new Prime Minister uh, that she can't have her ambassador back. Her ambassador has to stay in Washington. She cannot get her back. Uh, we need her here in Washington, so she can't You're have here. her back. Um, the uh, question, sir, I wanted to ask a bit about values, and I wanted your thoughts, uh, sir, about whether, what are the long-term dangers when uh, a country like the United States uh, sets a bad example in terms of war crimes? What are the long-term dangers from those examples? Thank you. Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't quite catch it. Could you, could you repeat? What, are, what, what do you see as the long-term danger when a country like the United States sets bad examples in international humanitarian law on war crimes? Mm -hmm. When we set a bad example, what are the long-term dangers of that? Uh -huh. okay. Okay. This is a good, good question, but uh, I think this is one of those questions as, as a minister, as a caretaking minister, 
it is more so much speculation that uh, it's better that I, I, I won't even try to answer for, for that. I'm, I'm very sorry about that, but I hope you understand. But uh, I know what you said about ambassador, so the embassy, so that's, that's fine. Okay, in the front here, please. Hi, my name is Pascal Siegel. I'm a political risk um, analyst at Ankara Consulting, and I have an easier question for you. Um, I would like you to explain to us what Finland is doing in terms of cybersecurity, and where do you see the work that needs to be done? Where do you want the emphasis to be uh, looking forward? Mm. Well, uh, we are putting quite much resources on, on cyber. Uh, uh, I think we've hired plenty of personnel to our military during past past years and will do do more and put also money money on this and uh, one important thing is that uh, we just got the new legislation on intelligence here which gives uh, much better tools for our military to, to work on, on this, this this area area so um, so uh, these are the well, let's say uh, key key points here we have to understand the changes here and uh, the big big need need for for this kind of uh, investments and uh, and uh, we'll be we'll be doing doing our job job here uh, uh, of course when talking about cyber and intelligence it's better that i won't tell about the details more <laughs> And then I saw two questions over here in the corner. Thank you. I'm Karin Shuey with the Estonian American National Council, and I was just wondering if you could say a few words about the relationship, the security relationship between Finland and Estonia. Mm, okay. Yes, uh, Estonia is very good, good friend for us, also in, in so many, so so many ways. Uh, I met also Minister of Defense of, of Estonia several other times, <laughs> times Mr. Yuri 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 Luik. Uh, we have some, uh, of course, some, some bilateral cooperation, but uh, especially Nordic Baltic cooperation is uh, important for uh, for uh, here, and uh, then we cooperate in in uh, different uh, European structures concerning 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 def defense defense also, uh, and there's uh, also uh, many kind of practical cooperation between our, our militaries. Uh, I'd say we have a good, good and fruitful cooperation and uh, there's a need for, uh, for uh, this kind of deep, deep and active cooperation. Um, yes, and I respect Mr. Luik also, also very, very much. He has good experiences, good experience and, uh, and a very good colleague for me. Good morning, sir. Paz Magat with the Halifax International Security Forum, and I run the Peace with Women Fellowship uh, for Senior Women Military Leaders. Um, the issue of conscription and women has um, been at the forefront of some of the headlines in Finland, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about how Finland is looking at staying prepared and um, diversifying their forces in a way that will make them stronger and more inclusive. Could you also 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 repeat? A stronger and more inclusive. So, including the whole of society. Uh, you know, we see women at the at the top levels of uh, government. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how they can serve in the military as well at the top levels. Uh, 
how think I how think I be involved? How can the Ministry of Defense um, be more capable or be more prepared by being more gender inclusive um, uh, at the highest levels of leadership in the military itself? Uh -huh. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I hope I got the, got the point or the, the question. Sorry, my bad English. Uh, um, yes, um, the questions of of uh, equality are very important to Finland in in, in many ways. Uh, it has been possible for for female to do the service in the military since 19, 1990s, and uh, and uh, we have this uh, this uh, uh, conscription service in in Finland, which which means that in practice that all the young men must do the service. Of course, if there are health issues, then you don't you don't have to do it. We have quite big reserve in Finland. It's about two hundred eighty thousand in, in in reserve. So that is uh, quite big in European level. Uh, we have a, a good feeling of of how how uh, those those women who do the service do their job. They 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 are getting very good results. Many of them go to the. Um, Leader, ex leader exercise and leader uh, education in 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 army, and uh, I say quite soon we will have uh, first female generals also in in Finland. It might take some years, but uh, in twenty twenties we will see see that 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 also. Um, uh, well, uh, one detail which has been uh, uh, raised a lot of lot of uh, interest in Finland is that we are going to uh, check how the um, is it possible that that during the military service during the military service uh, men and women stay in the same cabins also uh, during the military serv service it's the pra practice as far as I know in many Nordic countries but not in Finland yet but uh, we'll see how it works during 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 next next year there's a lot of lot of examples of, of, of what we are do, do doing, but yes, some. Yeah. In the front with the glasses. <laughs> Hi, uh, Andrew Zander. I'm with uh, Thomson Reuters Government Division. Uh, I was just hoping to ask you, what are your thoughts on uh, Finland's future involvement with uh, Nordic Defense Cooperation, Nordefco? Um, do you continue? Do you foresee it to continue to be as a in the voluntary nature, or more um, enhanced and uh, have more uh, statutory and regulations surrounding the the cooperation agreement? Thank you. Mm. Um, we just had uh, ten years anniversary of Nordefco, the Nordic Defense Co Cooperation. Just some weeks ago, uh, ministers of defense gathered in, in Stockholm. Uh, uh, there are good results in Nordefco and more to come. But of course, there are some uh, challenges, not big challenges, but anyway, of course, the situation is a little bit different because uh, because some of countries are members of NATO and some some aren't, but uh, that hasn't been a big obstacle for cooperation. Anyway, we found a lot of areas to cooperate. 
and we are going to deepen it also in the near future. We have a plan plan for for that. Maybe maybe um, one example example of this cooperation is is uh, we have a kind of uh, hotline hotline now among five ministries. We tested it already. So uh, if there's a need for uh, consultation. Is possible to do it hotline with screen uh, among, among these five, five ministries. Uh, it's not a big thing, but anyway, good example of, of, of this good cooperation we, we have. Um, and there's still more to come, but uh, we discussed earlier about this Finnish Swedish cooperation. It will go deeper than the Norrefco cooperation, but uh, Norefco has also good support among the Nordic countries, which are all quite similar similar countries, and we are a very good family there in the, in the, in the Northern, Northern Europe, so uh, we'll get news from that, that, that uh, uh, sector also in the, in the near future. Okay, I think I see two more, and then um, I think we're, we're nearly out of time, so let's take in the front and then please. Hello, I'm Valtteri Tamminen. I'm a trade consultant here in DC. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk more about, uh, you mentioned AI and emerging technologies. If you could speak more to what uh, the Finnish Defense Ministry is doing, either in terms of technology integration with emerging technologies or technology security. Mm. Well, putting more, more and more focus on this also in the, in, the, in the military, but actually also we need more cooperation. What we need is more cooperation with private sector and academia as, as, as well, and there is still a lot of possibilities to do, and not only nationally, international cooperation is here very, very important also, and we have also European projects here concerning these, these issues, and, and, and certainly we need also trans, transatlantic cooperation, cooperation here. Uh, I say the big thing uh, which has not been done yet is really this cooperation with private private sector because because there's so much good knowledge in private sector and uh, we just have to find the ways how to how to cooperate and how to get use for it for our military as well. And is that mainly because the private sector has other business and they're not necessarily in interested in in spending the time to create the information flow from private sector to military? Or are there other obstacles? Uh, well, uh, well uh, I don't know if there are obstacles. There. Their, their focus has just been, been in, in, in markets, I suppose. Yeah. I, I suppose. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, um, as far as I know, there are interests also to military, military cooperation. So, uh, so I'm looking forward for this, 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 all what this can afford in the near future. Great. I think there was one more question in the back, and then we'll probably have to let you go to the busy, the busy day, that, two days that await you. Thank you very much. Jeff Selden with VOA. You mentioned earlier the need to develop the will of the people to defend Finland. To what extent are you seeing any campaigns or efforts to degrade that will, and where are those efforts coming from? 
Um, um, we've seen some, we've seen some, some, but um, I'd say not so much in, 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 in Finland, perhaps more in some other, 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 other countries. Um, but some in, some in Finland also, and that's why it's important to, to, to uh, make the people aware of these, 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 these issues. Uh, uh, it's better that right now I won't speculate all the possible sources of this influence. All right. Well, with that, I wanted to thank you for coming out here and answering what were a lot of questions, a lot of good questions and tough questions, particularly when you're, you're in a sort of limbo position yourself. But mm. we're, we're happy you've been renominated. We're happy mm. to see a strong cabinet uh, mm. with a lot of diversity. And um, what we always expect from, from Finland and know we will get is a high level of responsibility and, and continuity. And so it looks like that's the path we're on. So thank you again for coming and, and sharing your remarks with us. Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.